this is a really funny story because <laughs> like it ended out with like i fired a lot of people because magic johnson told me to so <laughs> so that, that could have been the intro to the podcast right there <laughs> that should have been right there so so that welcome to the ravi abuvala show where we show you how you can build a business that produces cash without you so you can live the life you deserve Lois, pleasure to have you on here, man. Very, very excited. Thank you for coming here. I know you and I roll in a lot of the same yeah, circles. So I'm excited yeah, to hang out, man. Be, this is going to be, and just for people that are tuning in now, I mean, some of the conversation we were just having off camera, I was like yelling at Jack. I was like, <laughs> dude, turn the camera on. This stuff is good. But I always ask every single guest the exact same first question here. So, you know, I run Scaling with Systems. We were talking about right now, kind of like, you know, enjoy more in your life, but also still hitting the monetary goals you have inside your business. And so you're a dad, you're a husband, you've run multiple companies, you've spent a hundred million dollars in ads online, all very impressive stuff. My question for you is what's one of the best decisions you've ever made that has eliminated all other decisions? Wow. That's strong. Uh, honestly, man, it's to stop being so, stop being insecure. I think that's that's the biggest decision that people need to make in life. If you if you look at like keyboard warriors, all the people that hate stuff, all the people that really don't move forward, I am a huge believer. More and more as I get older, I really believe that like skills, all these things are acquired, but nothing is acquired without you letting go of like a certain person that you are, the fears, the insecurities, the what could be's, the I'm not good enoughs and all that. And when you let that go, like it really becomes like you just are you start becoming the best version of yourself and from there you can literally tackle anything because the mindset that blocks you is the same mindset that once once it's let go creates everything that you always wanted it is i think you nailed that really well but i think you also sound exactly like myself and a few other people who might have experienced the other end of that first so like oh, were yeah. you the person who was insecure and now you've almost re reached this like enlightenment state oh for sure bro i, I mean when I started, I'm, I'm older, right? Like I'm 40, uh, which isn't like older, but like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> You're in the online world. It's like, you know, I, yeah, like, I'm, I'm 28 and now I'm old in the online I, world. <laughs> I've been doing this. I remember I saw somebody who was like, I've been doing this since like people had iPhones. I was like, bro, bro. <laughs> like chill, son. Uh, so, you know, when I first came in, like I, I was friends with like the Ryan Dices, Frank Kearns and all that. And like, I wasn't doing anything. I was kind of like accident. Like I bought media and they, they, uh, Ryan Dice published me. That's how I kind of like got started on this stuff. And so I was meeting all these people. And I was like, man, I'm not worth being in this group. And then as, as things progressed and grew, I didn't know anything about myself really internally as it pertains to like the industry and the business and stuff. And I would go and everybody was always like talking about cars, talking about growth, talking about business. And I was like, I was just not there. I didn't talk. I was shy. I was quiet about it. And like, I was massively insecure. And, and it's not until honestly, I stopped looking at other people for validation and for like, almost like, Hey, he's doing that. I'll do that too. He's doing that. I'll do that also. And I just started doing, I just put my head down and did my thing that I broke seven, eight figures, et cetera. And then, then I was like, Oh, this is like my swag. Like do, I'm going to do, do think, my thing. Do you think it was helpful seeing at least like the other people that were doing the seven, eight figure? I know you put your head down and did your own thing, but like for me, you know, I, I don't know if I would have known this stuff would have been possible unless I did see somebody else doing for it. Sure. So like, do you think that was helpful for you yeah. to see other people like Ryan Dice doing it as well? Uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's a role model almost like you, you look at them, you look up to what they're doing and like, you admire it and you're like, man, like this is, this is amazing. Like I can't, I can't even believe this industry exists. Sure. You know what I mean? Uh, and then once you get into it though, you can kind of be trapped and paralyzed by like, ah, is it going to be as good as like now my 
compatriots and like my partners and like my friends, like, I don't know. Right. And so that's, that's when like you can get paralyzed analysis by paralysis and all that kind of stuff. And I really believe that the, the people that haven't hit high seven, eight figures, or even seven figures, whatever number you want to be the number, the numbers are relevant. It's, it's not your skill set. It is not your desire. It is your insecurities that hold you back subconsciously. Wow. That dude, I've been reading a lot on Dr. Joe Dispenza. Love and, Dr. Dude, Joe Dispenza. I've been going bro. deep I, every morning. Whenever you want to do right a six here. day thing. Yeah. I'm I literally down sit right here and do it <laughs> for 20 minutes and it's been the, the, your subconscious mind. I mean, it's, crazy and now it's even to the point that i'll say something to my girlfriend and i'll say it and i'll immediately realize that, that was my subconscious mind talking right? and then i'll be like just like stop i didn't mean to say that that so some of the stuff that we're talking about right now and i love we're just coming out here swinging i love it but some of the stuff we're talking about is so like ingrained in the programming that all of us have so so before you got into this world like ryan what were you doing before that like where was your original programming that brought you in that made you think like either i don't deserve this or you had the insecurity of like i i shouldn't be having these things so i i i always knew i was going to be an entrepreneur which is really weird That's when awesome. i was like a, when i was a young kid i i flipped uh like i used to like create comic books and I would sell them to my newspaper. And so like I had a comic book thing in like my teens. And then after that, like I, I sold uh, like off and on different things and hustled. Then I, then I got into eBay and I started selling video projectors and crown Victorias like at video projectors. Yeah. <laughs> well, the spread was great. And so I, <laughs> I figured out like how to arbitrage things that had high ticket spreads on eBay nice. and in like, 20 years ago, wow. right? And so then I realized, man, this electronic stuff makes sense. Well, if I become a, a licensed retailer of like other ones, I can sell them in a different MSRP, which wasn't, you know, it was a little gray hat, but whatever, I was a kid. <laughs> uh, and I became one of the largest Bose distributors in America. Oh, wow. By flipping stuff on eBay. Uh, and then uh, they did an algorithm change, kicked me out, uh, but I had a lot of money. So I just cold called my way into like uh, interior design companies. And I was like, hey, I'm one of the largest Bose distributors in America. Let me go put a show room for free absolutely inside of your place but everything that comes in from there for your custom homes i have to do i have to do the work okay it took me nine months to actually get my first client but thank god i had some money saved up but my first client was a hundred thousand dollar check wow and from there i did how old were you at this point uh 21 nice that's yeah. nice i yeah. bet to pay day when you're 21 years old <laughs> yeah. yeah so the first thing i did is i got a i got a car and i got a uh rent for a full year and i was like all right i have a car i have rent and i just kept grinding and i did about 800 grand that year i did disney house of blues i started doing like corporate jobs and stuff like that were you like driving to these different places yeah i was just i was just and were you installing the bose systems well, i didn't know how to do it well <laughs> then from there i became like a full home automation like custom light control and everything i just kind of got into like forums and i realized all the stuff that can be sold and i cold called another dude i was like what do you charge an hour to set all this stuff up and he was like oh dude i charge like 50 bucks an hour i was like got you we charge 175 an hour and so <laughs> and so i got that and so i i became like a it was a good size business for a 21 year old dude that was like literally just arbitrage and stuff right and i wasn't arbitraging like internet stuff i was like physically working through products meeting people at home like researching what projectors to do and all this kind of stuff um and then in 2008 the economy hit and i was like man uh, I'm going to have to go back to like, you know, doing stuff online. And so I started doing stuff on LinkedIn that got me into learning, you know, social. And then that got me into buying media. And then the list goes on. Dude, I think just from speaking right here, 
one thing that's abundantly clear to me is you are a master of arbitrage, right? Yeah. But not just arbitrage in the sense of like, you know, e-commerce, buy low, sell high. But what we were talking about before we got on here was like, you're like, yeah, I really don't even want to work that much, dude. Like I, I like my my partners, my business, my management staff, they run it for me. Like you guys have um, the, the cool kind of cultures inside your company where they don't have to show up to the office as long as they get the work done. Like where did that, because I, I love that as well. And like, obviously I understand like, you know, the ability to multiply yourself over and over again is that spread in the arbitrage and not just in products but in people like where did you start picking up the idea like not i guess not in products but also like now you've built i don't know how many team members you have right now but now you've built probably a pretty impressive team like how do you when did you start transforming into start focusing on like okay i've been arbitraging products and making this spread here but just for example that guy was like yeah i'll do it for 50 dollars an hour you're like all right we'll sell for 175 like how did that click in your head so quickly so i have i run uh, i don't run but we own uh four different uh agencies in different verticals right so neil patel is a very good friend of mine and he told me we were talking about his agency one day and i was talking about scaling mine he's like you know what i would do i would just shut everything back down and singleize everything and make it more like like a productized thing right so we have an e-commerce one that only does sms and email Right. And then we have another one that only does social growth for personal brands. Another one that does funnels and ads for personal brands. And we have a division that takes equity because we do everything essentially combined, but it's got to be the right kind of person. We take 30 to 40 percent of that kind of do everything in that. So we, we break everything down. So if you look at it, everything is a productized service. Uh, you can charge more for these things and your you your overhead actually like allocates differently. So you can save overhead on that. And then I realized, man, if I would have done this on the other side, it would have been a massive HR company. And then looking at it like this, like more pocket, I was like, man, I'm just arbitraging human capital at the end of the day, yep. right? And like that's really scale of business is arbitraging human capital for for massive success, yep. right? Because you can't do anything like you're not that good. It's the people around you that are the best people in the world that are. And then you start to try to figure out like, man, how do I invite the best people on the planet into the things that I'm creating? And I have a, a mentor who's also a business partner. His name's Tom Shipley, and and he always says like, listen, you have to have an A plus player but he's got to have a like a king level opportunity so if you don't have big opportunities you're not going to get a players sure and so that's kind of what got me into moving into like man so if if i can do those two things then i actually can even step away from arbitrage of the people because they'll figure out that because now they have the vision as well right but i i think that everyone needs to everyone always thinks about money first and it's people first because people create the money like i told you um in in our office uh, it's a small office but overall there's like 70 75 people right uh distributed but i always tell them in that office i'm like listen this is the championship team if you do something wrong you're fucking with all of our money yeah. if you do something wrong you're fuck if i do something wrong like we're messing with all of our money because we are one unit and that unit represents a bunch of other things right sure. so if this is broken in any capacity this this breaks down like the cycle of everything else that we have as a motor you know and I kind of just like on a side tangent, I'm just curious for my own thinking of it. Like you have a team of 70 plus people, which is awesome. You have the championship team right there in Orlando at the home base. One of the things that I love about our company is that you know, I work, my, my older brother runs a few restaurants in the Panhandle, Florida, and he's incredibly talented. His number one problem is talent, finding, acquiring, retaining talent, right? He lives in a transient area. And one of the things I've always loved about essentially our businesses is that we're online. Right. And so because of that, we can acquire talent from all across the world, right? I mean, I have an incredible team members from all over, even the creative director that I, we're in, in this room right now, Jack, he was living in New York yeah, yeah. and he came down here. And then I have people in Bali. I got, I mean, like, like a world-class players. 
So I've always been thinking like, you know, the office, having people in person there, did, did, all, did all these people kind of gravitate towards you and you're like, we're moving to Orlando? Did you find them Orlando? How did that work? This is a really funny story because <laughs> like it ended out with like, I fired a lot of people because Magic Johnson told me to. So, <laughs> so basically- That could have been the intro to the podcast right there. That should have been right there. <laughs> so so this, this actually happened. So um, we started, um, Basically, like I, I used to throw e-com events and stuff a long time ago, like 500% events. I met a, I met some of the guys there. Long story short, uh, they kept inviting other, hey, this guy would be good. This guy would be good, right? And the people that are in that office are like eight to 10 years uh, they've been with me, right? In that office about three years ago, we had 20, 25 people until people distributed. I started noticing uh, that the quality of certain people's work was significantly lackluster compared to the other guys. And it was very high schoolish. The guys that operated at a very specific level didn't want to sit down and eat with these people. They didn't want to connect. And I was like, man, this feels weird, right? And I was in uh, a mastermind uh, with my friend Dan Fleischman, 100 million, and uh, we were with Magic Johnson. And he, we were talking, just kind of like shooting shooting the shit. And I was like, hey, dude, do you mind if I ask you a question? Because we were kind of like in a private personal setting. And he's like, yeah, man. Uh, and I was like, this is going on with my team. And I kind of feel this way. And I kind of think I know the answer. And he's like, Los, winners win. That's it. Winners win. If you don't, if you know they're not winning, they're not winners. Get them out. And I came back and I told, I, I, I let them self segregate, like segment themselves, right? I came in, I told the story that Magic Johnson told me, winners win. If you don't feel like you're a winner, this is a winning environment. You need to leave today. I mean, like today I'll write you a check, get out. And three of them were like, oh, that's me, that's me. Wow. And I was like, oh, that's crazy. The next day, two more. The next <laughs> day, three more. And I was like, I, was, I didn't fire a person. I just said, winners win. If you're not a winner, get the get the fuck out i was kind of aggressive about it whatever it was intense but it was it was a moment that i made intense on purpose to create that like all right i'm out yeah cool i wanted that and so ever since then uh we just changed our passwords because i always tell this story uh <laughs> password was winners win uh, uh, and we still go by that mentality like that and then i realized like man no one can come in this office anymore because this is an office of like assassins yep you know and so also the culture of just assassins it's too intense yeah you can't do that so <laughs> i was like we we need to start distributing and finding better people thank god uh what well, not thank goodness but you know whatever COVID happened and it actually was an amazing thing for us to to find better talent start sourcing from elsewhere and start building kind of like the system that we have now which is like kind of pocket uh pods you know right? everyone has a, a team everyone has a management everyone runs a company and we together kind of overall see all the things together i like that a lot i want to keep because i get these questions all the time and this has been really really helpful for me as well so like Walk me through, you have multiple companies, right? And then also you have equity inside some of those companies for other companies as well. And here you are uh, with your partner, Josh, as like, it's a lot of complexity going on with there's like- There's a lot of, and my other partner, Kent. Yeah, there's a lot of complexity funds. going on. Yeah, exactly. So, going on. so like, how exactly is it, the, the, how does the pods, how does the Orlando office, how like, walk me through almost, you don't have to give me an organizational chart, but just an idea of like how day-to-day -day stuff happens and what the almost org chart looks like for running this many companies in this many verticals with this many people. Okay, so one, you have like my holding, then you split out into two. This is me and Josh's holding. This is uh, me and Ken's holding brand. Those split out into waterfalls, obviously, blah, blah, blah. And then there's people inside of those that are kind of like the leads of those brands, right? 
Uh, so like Jackson, for example, is on the freedom side uh, and Malby is both of like head of media marketing. They both spent a couple hundred million bucks on ads. So he's running this side. He's running that side. They run teams. Right. And then you have the, uh, the you have one guy that kind of like bounces in whose name is Rosen. That's kind of like my right hand. He doesn't really have a job. He's just literally my right hand. So he, he comes in with me here, here and here. And then what we are trying to do now more and more is step outside of that and fire, uh, find even bigger, new, better management to start working on all the brands. And so now we don't start a brand, uh, or we will, if it's, if it's templatized and systemized, but we try to find an operator that is coming from outside with experience already. No, nothing. We can't teach anything anymore. Yep. We just don't have the time. Yep. Right. So it's gotta be a seasoned entrepreneur or a seasoned veteran in, in a certain space. And then we put him in there, then he gets his pocket, a team, etc. And usually that's, uh, people like like you in bali new york wherever the case right just as long as they're talented uh, most of the time uh, everything runs through also we have an agency called svg which everything that we run on our personal brands is ran by that age we use it kind of like the gary b model we use our own stuff to grow our own stuff right so i have an agency but mostly it's the majority of the revenue from that agency is my own internal brands and brands we take equity in cool Okay. Yeah. And the leaders of those, you said like there's leaders of these, those are the guys that are in, guys yeah, and gals and that th are in Orlando. Those guys are in the office. Okay. Yeah. makes a lot of sense. So I don't get to ask a lot of, cause to be really transparent with you, I'd say in 90% of the instances, I work with a lot of business owners myself, like people running this many businesses or trying to run multiple businesses, it's a total shit show. It's usually a mistake. They don't have the infrastructure in place or focusing on way too many things. A hundred percent. You've probably, if I had to take a guess, built one of these up and then slowly built verticals Correct. of people. Yeah. yeah. So if you, if you really look at things, right, for starters, I do want to give the caveat that I've been doing it for 20 years. I did not just jump in and go like, dude, we should do this. We should do that. We yeah. should do this. I had an eight figure company and I split it into silos that serve a higher so we could charge more and we could specialize and I didn't have the massive overhead off just one thing. Right. And so we split that into agencies and then we already published people and did that. So we did that as a new division. Right. So it's the same thing. I just basically covered my overhead differently and became a specialist and built more brands on side of that. So people, if you tell somebody like, hey, we do video production. Oh, that's cool. We do video production for real estate experts that do blah, 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 blah. You're more expensive. You're better. You have a more systemized process template on any any kind of SOP that you want to build out, right? So I actually simplified things by separating them a little bit more. So right? that, that was going to be my question for you was like, if someone does have... Like, let's say two scenarios here, because I think you're you can speak perfectly to this. So first scenario is uh, th like they said, they, they have a large business and maybe they do want to silo it up. What did that process look like for you? And then the follow up is like if someone has one business, maybe it's not a large business. Like, should they grow it larger before they try to start niching it down? Like, what would be your advice for that person? too? So I did a legitimate mathematical calculation of what my EBITDA and like net revenue would be if I scaled as one big agency. And the more you would scale that agency, you would go from, let's call it a 38 to 40% profitability margin down to about a 10. More people and more work just equals more money, but it doesn't increase the net revenue of the company or myself. Sure. And so I looked at that. That's when I called like Neil and we were talking and I was like, man, if I made this smaller, I could charge more, I could still have everything and I could keep everything running at like 40% margins. And he was like, yeah. And I'd still do the same numbers or more. Right. And so that's what made me break it out. Right. And so it's, 
it really came down to the decision and you would make the same decision. Do I want to grow? A lot of people oftentimes want to grow for the sake of like literally dick measuring. Like, yeah, look just, at me, I'm doing this much. That's dope. If I made 17 times less and more net, I think I'm happier, yeah. right? I don't want to work for the sake of like telling a story that I work hard and I do all these things. I've done that. Like, I don't want to do that. I want to make a lot of money and I want to serve the right kind of people and kind of systemize and simplify things. And business can be simple and simplified and systemized and more profitable if you take a little bit more time or take a step back like this was a step back to set some stuff up so we could continue to move forward in a, in a more uh, consistent momentum based way right uh, but it all started and stemmed from me looking at profitability I was like man if I do this I have more likeliness to get sued because of HR I have more opportunity to like be everything to no one because there's no specificity of just what we're doing. We're just another agency. Now I'm competing with Bainers and McKenzie and like real players and like that's not this niche anymore. And so I looked at all the negatives and all the positives, kind of like a problem solution, kind of like a chart on a Trello board, which I, I write all my stuff like that. Uh, and I was like, man, like this just makes no sense. Like I, I can do this and I could be happier and I bet you I could work less. I love, I love the thought process for that. Shifting gears here for a second. How did you see the quality? You're a father, you're a husband, obviously like, how did you see the quality of your life transition when you made that move into kind of these silo businesses? And um, like, how, how much do you work right now on a weekly basis, would you say? Right now I'm working a lot because we, uh, we've taken uh, acquisition of like a few big brands uh, and we just bought affiliatemarketing.com. Oh, nice. And we're, we're doing some big events and there's a lot happening. We, we are partnered and acquired uh, an affiliate recruitment company. And so there's a lot of new things happening and I usually am the guy that does that thing until that is completely set up. So for the next year, uh, I will be working more than I normally work. Uh, but I, I have gotten into a cadence of like six to eight vacations a year. Uh, I'll probably do like four to five this year, a little bit less, but I have two masterminds. So like I end up doing 10 at the end of the yeah, year and I go to travel. a few and I, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I have a good work-life balance. I, I'm very open and honest with my wife. Like I, I look at things seasonally. So I'll be like, hey babe, this season I need a crush so I can be in this season later on. So, and she understands like the weird way that I talk. She's, she's like, okay, so like for the next quarter, like you'll be home whenever you're home. I'm like, yep, that's <laughs> it. And then we'll do vacations and we'll do whatever. Like right now, uh, uh, I'm taking almost all of the month with within speaking and and traveling. I will be home. I will be in uh, the office three times this month. Wow! Right, and but we we have expectations for every brand to grow by fifteen percent, right? Because just because I'm not there, that that's no excuse. Sure. Right, and and also for people, I'm not saying that this is the best model. This is a model that works for me over a lot of years. That is still being refined. But if you if you leave work or whatever for a week or two and you come back with the same that's cool but if you come back and there's money and there's process and there's growth you finally run a company if not you have a really high paying job yep you know and that like my best friends always told me that kent uh and i've always looked at it like that and i think that that's one of the most like truthful things in the world you know you're never gonna stop working if you have a job. And so you have to build in like, what do I want out of life? How much do I wanna make? Why do I wanna make the money? Like we, I coach a lot of people just like you and a lot of people just like, yeah, I just wanna do this. And I'm like, why? why? Why do you want the money? 
then it breaks down like well because someone else does or it comes to this and like well what would it cost for you to do everything you want bro it ends up being nowhere near what they think it's it's a actually, lot oftentimes they have it already it's it's <laughs> i literally just spoke about these exact and it almost ties back to that insecurity conversation right. we talked about a little bit earlier just to bring that full circle but it you nailed it i actually was speaking to some of my clients i think end of last year and someone had asked me the question like how much money like do you need like to be you seem really happy how much money do you spend a month like because i want that right and i did the math and i live at you know a beautiful place in miami i have a nice car i actually have my pilot's license i own a plane and i actually feel like and you know i don't know maybe i'm shooting myself in the foot here but i literally feel like more things at this point the the i'm at a point of diminishing returns right Correct. and it's like less than fifteen thousand dollars a month that Correct. is getting me all everything that i i can't imagine and like you said and we talked about off camera the only thing that i'm spending more like i'm going to greece in a few years later, the only spend that i would see it would be being spent more would be experiences yeah. trips with people but other than that i don't think that there's anything else i'd be doing right now that would be like oh if i had that i'd be this 10 times happier if i spent 10 times the amount of money when you die no one will remember your baller they will cry for the memories they had with you yeah you know and that's the most truest thing in the world like money not that money is not amazing it's amazing obviously we're always chasing it but i think it's more you know chasing like who we are and like our capabilities as people at certain point right like i stopped look i was talking to somebody else and they were talking to me and i was like i don't really think i'm an entrepreneur anymore like i'm i i don't make money to need money i make money to invest money now mm -hmm. so i'm an investor i overall like that that's and you start thinking differently like your your choices and i i've realized too like every level of subconscious every level of growth creates a new dynamic of self which makes you totally operate and think differently on on all the choices that you used to want to do or crave or whatever they completely all shift because growing businesses as an investor are totally different than like growing business for like i, I just want to make more money you know what i mean and I, that's even worse than like i just want to survive and and i think it i i get to ask you some questions that so well, i've had some really incredible people on this show but my typical demographic you don't necessarily fall in that as far as like most of my guys are young single guys just came into some money yeah. you've been in this game for a while you're a husband you're a father so i love to because i know there's people that listen and i'm just curious myself like kind of touch a little bit on the relationship side of things and like how that has affected you know the business how you built the business so like let's say let's start with the marriage itself when you were single versus when you got married like you know a lot of people's biggest fear if they're a business owner is like when i get married I, i'm gonna have no time for work or they're not gonna be a supportive person and um i'm kind of curious for your experience like when you got married did you feel like your efficiency and productivity fell did you feel like now you had something to work for like what was that first like first one to three years after you got married that let you know that this was somebody i wanted to be with like you know and it didn't actually ruin the business when i got married i actually lost the first business that i told you about because it was 2008 so my wife took on three jobs and fifty thousand dollars in credit card debt wow so i could try to do online stuff <laughs> right so like i mean she's been my rock from the beginning uh and i've always had like a really great relationship whether we've probably fought like 10 times and we've been marrying 15 years wow so less than once a year we fight uh it's, so like as far as work it's always more me stressing out being perfect uh, especially now that i have uh, my girls because like i always want to I, I always want to be there for them i i love speaking but i hate to leaving and so it's more like my stuff and she told me one day she's like no one thinks about it as much as you do 
And I was like, yeah. And, you know, I, I even go to therapy to like uh, figure out myself every single day. I think it's always good for you. Love the Joe Dispenza stuff, et cetera. And I was talking to my therapist and he was like, the good stuff about you is everything that also ruins you. And I think that's that's it for all of us as entrepreneurs, like the 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 will and desire to like be that like moving force is also the like you want to be that everywhere all yeah. the time. Right. And so with my wife, we always make sure uh, we don't go on like, you know, every, every person's like, oh, you got to go on date night, date your wife, like do whatever you need to do to have a great relationship. I love dating my wife and going out with my kids too. And so we always hang out. We go out and when we go on dates, like we go out with like our friends, like we enjoy the time. Like we don't just go out and sit all the time and just hang, you know, like force conversations. Like when we go out, we go out with all of our friends. And when we go out with our kids, we go out with all of our kids. And like, it's an amazing time. We do a lot of staycations. Um, I, I like to force not being at home uh, because I won't have my phone. My kids won't have their phone. Like if you're at a pool and a beach and like cabana, like you, you are nothing but actually present sure right when you're when when you have a family and stuff everyone's like this yeah staring but at you're, you're you're there but you're not there yep. and so i always force doing different things right and i think that's that's what's created great bonds and relationships with my kids and i always uh i always i'm a big i'm definitely a big memory and trip guy so i will always you know I, i'm glad that i have the means and stuff we get like the biggest sweets and the biggest mm. stuff and you know sometimes people are like oh like you're teaching your kids the bad ma bad manners whatever i'm teaching my kids how to have memories with their dad yeah like I'm not, i don't it's not that deep bro you know like i, I, I want to have good relationships with my kids i want to go you and this is so so awesome i'm getting a lot of value out of this even personally so i appreciate you on the kids side of things like that's always a question like so obviously you're successful you know i plan on growing my wealth exponentially over the next few years when i have kids like that question for like how do you and i've heard grant cardone talk about this and a few other guys as well like so so for you what's kind of your philosophy on it obviously you could give your kids anything they wanted like are they what do they fly private like where do you draw that line so that you motivate them enough so that they can do it on their own but you also want to take care of them because obviously they're the love of your life dude my kids flew uh first class when they were like two years old right and and i'm not i i hear other parents be like oh i'm gonna fly first and put them on the back like that's scary to me because i don't know who's in the back of that hope yeah. like i'm good dude and i mean Everyone has their own philosophy. I give my kids a lot, but also I make my kids do things, right? So like my, my daughter, um, my daughter is uh, 12, Sienna, and she plays Roblox. Like she loves doing it. She loves building these homes. I'm like, listen, I will give you a hundred dollars in that, but you have basically she builds and sells houses inside of that. And then she builds restaurants and then she makes money from that. That's how she makes her money. So I'm like, if, this is in a video game. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'm like, listen, if you, if you build three of those houses and sell them for $275,000, I will give you enough for another house. Right. I'm teaching her how to build houses sure. and she's learning interior design. And like, she doesn't know that, but like, she's for sure doing that. She's flipping homes. She's building restaurants inside of that. And like, I'm going to give her that kind of time. And then I, then she loves reading. Uh, I started, uh, me and her planning, uh, learning the piano together. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, and so like our goal, I, I was like, listen, I'll buy a grand piano, but like she's, she actually got better faster than me. Cause she obviously, she can adapt quicker. So, she, and she's playing the violin at the same time. So she's teaching, I'm paying her to teach me piano, Yeah. but at the same time, we're learning piano together. So we're hanging out, we're doing all. And so I, I do stuff like that. Uh, yeah, I spoil them sometimes, um, but I, but I give them so much love and I'm also honest about life. Right. I tell them, you know, I'm leaving. Right. They're like, yeah. 
why? Well, because you speak. And I'm like, why do I do that? Well, because like, if not, we don't have money. And like, like they know they're not like, oh, he's gone. But daddy's gone. Like they're well aware what I do, what I like. My daughter can like tell you exactly what, what I do. Like my wife can't tell you what I do. <laughs> like my daughter will be like, oh, he builds and sells businesses, does this, 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 blah, blah, blah. Like it sounds like she, she like memorized it yeah. which is dope like she's she's learning you know i mean she knew how to she knew that i was doing webinars at three three years old she wow. had a little phone and she's like daddy's on webinars like <laughs> you know so like i'm always like open and i even if i bore them with that like i try to educate them and when we go places i'm like you know why we can do this right it's like yes yeah, because you work you work hard you're not lazy blah 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 all that kind of stuff you know and and did you go to college no i i started flipping stuff and never went back did uh if they want to go to college or you can support that or yeah you gonna, of course a hundred percent also if you don't want to go you don't have to sure right i'm i'm a big believer more than anything that if 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 you want to do whatever like if you want to go to college i want you to learn a trade be a doctor be a lawyer be an architect be something that like is a is a thing like don't be getting a liberal arts, uh, arts degree or something that's, sure that's a waste if you want to even do real estate but i'll i'll, I'll put them in great positions because more and more um, they're even coming to see me speak and they're they're getting they're gonna know the environment right like they're gonna see the world that we live in more and more all my friends are entrepreneurs all my uh my best friend uh kent is is he's got girls and we've got girls so like they connect all the time so they they see the things that we do and so i, th I think for me it's always with everything it's just super transparency i don't lie i don't not curse in front of them i don't i don't pretend that the world is something that it's not i'm like yeah i'm gonna spoil you but also there's gonna be a point in time where you will have nothing and if you get nothing in life like it is gonna be your fault i will not help you you know like i've told them that you know what i mean wow yeah, that's, that's incredible. I, I feel like I have so many questions on the business side, but also I'm like, it's, it's been so helpful hearing you talk about some of this stuff and everyone I bring on here, we talk about business. So I appreciate you walking me through some of the personal side of stuff. Yeah. Um, we, we talked about this a little bit earlier. And I just wanted to touch on it because I've had my own experiences and in my family as well. But obviously, um, you talked to me about some people in your family that have had substance abuse issues and yeah. like some things that you've had to deal with on the personal side growing up. Like, I think, going back to insecurities, going back to some of this mindset programming stuff that we talked about earlier and that some people have listened to this, maybe it's something they need to hear or not hear, but like, you know, how do you, so you're going to go, you told me in a moment here, you're going to go take care of somebody that you've yeah, been yeah. taking care of dealing with for a while. And I, I've had similar situations, very similar situations as well. Like, so people listening to this right now, they have people that they would consider are doing wrong in their life, right? They're, they're, it's like, you just want to shake them and be like, stop doing this thing, right? You want to help them in some way. And they do the same thing wrong over and over and over again. Like, how do you bring yourself to continue to reach out to that person versus uh, cutting yourself off and focusing on like kind of protecting your own energy? So, so actually, this is the uh, being transparent, I do cut them off. Uh, I I don't have a relationship with 99% of my family, right? Uh, my family's toxic, they're dark. Even if they listen to it, I'll say it straight to their faces. It's been like that forever. Uh, my parents used me a lot of, as I was growing up for, for money. Uh, and so we, besides that, we didn't have a really, it was very transactional, right? Uh, my dad ended up taking his own life, uh, leaving my mom with nothing. Uh, and he, he drank and like took a bunch of downers. That's how he passed away. He did it to himself, uh, left my mom with nothing. Uh, and I, we don't have a good relationship, but no one else is there for her. I'm the only successful person in my family. Uh, and so I am a hundred percent taking care of my mom and I will forever in the world always continue to do that. Even though, uh, 
we we you know have never really seen eye to eye and have a, had a close relationship i have another sister that i do have a good relationship with that lives in georgia and i called my sister and i said hey listen i've been uh w when this all transpired over the past two years uh, i noticed that it was giving me significant stress and anxiety and i was drinking a lot kind of falling into the pattern that my dad and stuff was in not like with uh the downers and stuff i've never done that but drinking more than I'm okay with, you know, and I was very like, I'm not okay with it, but I see myself doing it. When I get this phone call, I get this anxiety. It was super uncool with me. And so I called my, my sister and I was like, listen, I will forever continue to pay and do the things that I need to do and support my mom. And I want you to share that I love her and I love you, but this is toxic for me. And you guys frankly need me for money and I need to be good for my family that I have and for the things that I'm building out. So with that said, I, I, you, I will not block you, but everyone else is blocked and you, when you need money, call me, hit me up, got you. If you need anything, I'll be there. Uh, and I'm, I'm actually putting my mom now in, in a, a new apartment and everything in Central America. Cause I have some family over there. Oh, cool. They're going to help out and stuff like that uh but yeah i mean i cut them off because yeah. if i if i had continued through that pattern i don't think that i would have been okay mental health wise it would have affected me a ton uh, and and i think you know maybe i did the right thing me I, maybe i didn't but i was fine i was realizing that it started to affect me as a person the way i think the way i hold relationships the way i act i know who i am and i know when i'm acting out of pocket and that was starting to sit like really not well with me and I was starting to be like, man, like I'm just always unhappy and I have like a good life. Like if you have a good life and you look at it every day miserably, business doesn't become better. Nothing becomes better. And I was like, man, I'm doing this shit to myself. Yeah. Right. And so I, I did cut them off. It's oh, so powerful. It's and, very difficult to do. And it's not something that I'm even, that's why I'm going to therapy. I'm like, I feel like a piece of shit about yeah. it, but but if not, it's going to happen to me or it's going to affect me in ways that I, I, I am a support system to a lot of people, yep. a lot of people that pay me, a lot of people that I pay, family members, like I'm, I'm a role model to some people. I have my kids. Me, me fucking up is a big deal. And it, it actually has impact. It's, it's kind of funny. And you, you really, really said it well there. It's like, I think that was, that's a really good solution for a really shitty problem to be in. <laughs> right. And like, I, I honestly have. It's so funny. You and I will have to have a conversation off camera about a lot of similarities I have to pretty much everything you just said. But it's always so funny because I think you nailed it. What happened to me is exactly what you said. I just started realizing like, okay, I am seriously unhappy whenever I'm thinking of this person, whenever right. I'm speaking to this person, whenever my it phone the rings. the feeling, the state. Of, well, my phone yeah. vibrates and I know that it's that person. You it's just like, it. and, that, and like you said, it starts affecting my relationship with my girlfriend, with right. my team members. Like I feel hostile. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's just, there's, I, I think... Anytime I have someone that's in a similar situation or someone that has had experience with that, I always ask them because like, I'm sure you wouldn't be shocked, but even some of my clients that pay me for business advice or help them to grow their company, like we even had a, a discussion about this on our team meeting this morning, but like, obviously a majority of this stuff is mindset focused, right? Like a yeah. lot of this stuff is things that they're dealing with separately that's bleeding over into the business. And I think that, I think that you really, really did. Like I said, I think that's a good solution for not such a, a great problem. And uh, I respect you for going to therapy and continuing to learn from it, man. Yeah, man. That's why I wanted to share uh, the like straight honest truth. Cause I think this is something that most people could just brush under and be like, Oh, well, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, no, nah, it's hard as balls. Yeah. Like it's really, really difficult. It's still hard. You know, you can probably even see me getting emotional when I was like having the conversation because it's it's your family right but but i i i've grown up to a place where like to me family is uh is not blood family is like 
again, like the memories, the time, the, 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 the suffering and the togetherness that you have shared with somebody. I think the way that I, I told my girlfriend about this recently, cause I was dealing with something similar and I was saying that, you know, just family, being a family member, a mom, a dad, an aunt, an uncle, a brother, like that doesn't give you free reign for the entire life to have control right. over something like it almost in the business, the saying like rents due every single day. I think that's the same way in relationships. Yeah. Like, I think that you can't just like, oh, I did this for you. You know, you're my child. I like then then I can do whatever you owe me these things. And like, sure, we're I'm forever grateful to my parents for obviously having me. But like, you know, it's like you, at some point that card runs out and like, right. you know, you have to start deciding, you know, like you, you're like, yeah, but I'm the only person here because it's my family. And then it's like, well, what does it mean to be family? So, yeah, I think it's not a, it's a problem that we'll solve in this thing here, but I think that's a really interesting perspective on it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to kind of shift gears one more time here and just try to get as much out of you as I can. You talked about earlier, I wrote it down because I wanted to touch back on it. You're like, I'm not really like, I don't think I'm an entrepreneur anymore. I think I'm an investor. Right. And I, you know, I probably invest anywhere from 60 to 80% of my income every single month. And I like to invest quite a bit as well into different things. And so when you say you're an investor, uh, are you investing real estate, crypto stocks? Is it into business? Is it into your business? Like what, when you say I'm an investor at this point in, in, in your career at stage in life that you're in, like, what are you typically investing in? Uh, invest in new businesses, invest more in the businesses we have. A big thing that we're pushing into now is, uh, we've had this business model, but I'm moving harder into it, which is kind of, we, so we changed the name from one of our companies, SVG to creator agency. And then we have creator brands, which is uh, a division that basically takes uh, profit share. And if it's a good fit, potential equity in, in the brands after a certain amount of like testing phase. Right. Uh, and so we invest into the sales teams and into everything else. They still put money for the ads and stuff. There's gotta be like a skin in the game for, for both of us. But investing more in that infrastructure because I can, I have a map, right? right? Like I, I know that I can grab a high ticket, direct response kind of a company and, and take it to high seven, eight figures. Like I can do that, right? I know that. Uh, and, and it's enjoyable for me more sometimes than, than being the face and doing more of that, right? And like, I kind of want to more so, if, if you're going to be more the face and more that, you're still working in that essence, right? And if I can represent more people, almost like like a VaynerX or so something like that, right? Um, then I can step away more and I can just build that system and that process and that, and that goal. And so we're putting money into that. We just bought a brokerage as well. So we're buying and selling companies with Josh. Uh, it's called DealFlow Brokerage. Uh, we just bought affiliate marketing.com. So we're, we're investing into that. We, we also invest into like tech startups right now, not so much. And then, and then I'm doing, uh, some real estate investing as well. Um, two questions that came from that. Number one, you, I've heard you reference Gary V, uh, you know, Vayner agency a lot inside of here. Is he somebody that you look up to or is at least in the business model I li side? I like his business. I, I remember one thing that stuck to me and like, I, I literally believe that this is how I model things. Uh, he, and I don't think he, he, he's starting to do it now, but he was like, yeah, I just have this agency so I can build my own brands. And then I was like, man, that's genius. Like if you just have an agency and you have the right clients there, but really you're spinning off more of your own stuff. That's, that's a flex. Yeah. You know? and so like, <laughs> it, it is. Uh, and so I was like, man, like I want to do that. And so I, I have paid a lot of attention to, to the things he does. I don't, I don't have any desire to be at his, at his growth level and things like that. Uh, frankly, I, I hear him talking a lot and I'm, I've met him, but like, I, I hear him talking stuff and I'm like, man, like, 
I don't want to not be around my kids as much as you. Like he's like, oh yeah, it is what it is. Like it's really not. Like I don't want that. I I want my wife to. I don't want to end up in divorce. He's divorced. Yeah. Uh, I I don't want. Yeah. Like and you can hear how people talk, how you talk about that. Like so it's it's a subconscious thing. Like I'm sure he's an amazing human being and and he loves his kids. I do not doubt that. But he is putting other stuff in priority and his it's his legacy. And I'd rather my legacy be my kids. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think that was uh, right on the head there. I think, I, you know, it's just prioritization. Right. It's, it's all it comes down and to. And respect to both. Like, it's, exactly. It's, like, it's, it's whatever you choice. want. Cer- yeah. Certainly yeah. not talking any kind of shit. Yeah. No, no, no. I, I, I didn't get that at all. Um, and then, you know, on the investment side of things, you obviously businesses, you're, you're buying businesses and you said a little bit of real estate, like for you return on investment, both time and capital, you see makes more sense to put money into acquiring more businesses versus like do. So I, the reason I ask this is a lot of times I get people are coming up, they're doing one thing and then they want to start investing in this thing over here. And, you know, for me personally, like I do similar to what you do, I'll invest into more of my own business or into another business because it's like, like you said, I know I have a roadmap and I know that even if real estate could get me this like 30% to I could get hundreds of a percent of return from ad spend in like seven to right. 10 to 14 days. So is that the thought process you have going back to the proper allocation of capital and time and people? It's like, I know how to do this. So let me just spend more money on that. So I, I really believe in my head, at least you probably talk to like everyone that works for me and be like, that's not exactly it. But in my head, I feel like everything I have is a template. Like you just do it again and again and again. It's like, okay, well, we have this business. Okay, I understand. Do this, this, high ticket, put them here, do that. Okay, then that's going to be a problem. So ascend here. Like you you have, like you could say the same thing, right? Like someone's like, hey, I have, oh, got you. Yep. You already built it out in your head. You already have downsides. You already think about next year with it, right? And so that to me is a template. And so I do the same thing a lot of times, right? We have multiple agencies. It's the same thing a lot of times. We, we have personal brands that we own, and we also service, it's the same thing a lot of times. And so the same business model more times is all I'm doing, right? Because that business model works really well for me. And I've kind of like really uh, mastered it to a to a degree at least, right? At least gotten very, very, very good at it uh, in, in some regard, right? Where I can multiply and do the same thing over and over again. So I'm not running around and starting something that I'm not comfortable with or that I'm not good at. I just had one of my close friends, very 20 year uh, close friend, he was my wedding party, um, talk to me about something that I was like, honestly, dude, and he's like, oh, you're a business guy, you know all that. I was like, I feel like I know nothing about that, man. Like, I, I feel like I bring no value to this at all. Uh, so I wouldn't want to invest in it. And I just, honestly, I'm not educated in that at all. Like, I'm I'm honest, like, I do this internet marketing shit, bro. I do this at scale and I can, you know, I can sell e-com products, I can, it's the same thing more, right? Um, and then with real estate stuff, uh, we're getting more involved in, in doing funds with uh, Kent and our, our freedom stuff, Getting becoming a part of uh, some funds and helping raise money, which is a totally different thing, um, which is, again, we're accidentally kind of getting involved into doing a little bit more and more of that, which is the same thing over and over again. So we're trying to, I'm trying to talk to our managing partner in, in our holding company about some ideas that I have on how we can build a network kind of leveraging this system to build a network of new people, not entrepreneurs and stuff. Cause what I realized on, on investing is uh, if you kid up an entrepreneur that like knows, like it has a good network, like you or me or like sack or whatever. Right. Um, 
they have options, yeah. right? And so you know who doesn't have options? A doctor, a lawyer, a dentist, an insurance guy, and we are not connected to them. And so I, I have a new thing that I want to push out as like private dinners uh, to go, very high-end private dinners to go connect with those people and charge them for us to give them the opportunities. Uh, and the only reason I want to charge is because I don't really just want your email number. I want to know that uh, you're committed for us to send you something that you're going to be able to actually be able to invest in and stuff. Out of all the... Uh that, that yeah you you really nailed it there because um i it, let me just ask this question because i think it plays into this uh, like out of all the things you're great at you would you say your superhero ability other than managing talent like the thing that you started and came up with is it on the that arbitrage or is it on the marketing side like your ability to build brands and market and run it like what would you say would be like your superpower man i think i'm good at arbitrage yeah yeah because it's so funny you bring it up because like once again, we have so many similarities and I, you're talking about like, we got this fund, real estate, we're getting investors. I'm going to charge them. Like, these are all concepts that like, sure, people know how to market and people in funds are getting people. But I guarantee you the way that you're approaching this is not like anybody else is approaching a real estate fund, right? Uh, in the way that, oh, they're going to pay us and and we're, we're probably going to run ads to it. It's probably, and I've helped people in the same, in a similar space. And like, there's nobody else in the industry doing stuff like that. So at least for me personally, I'm always so grateful that one of the first things I learned was marketing and like how to run ads and like how to create a sales letter and, and uh, you know, a sales funnel, because I feel like, you know, if you can get that part down and not my honest opinion, I feel like everything else is cake. Yeah. Like, I feel like if you can get that part down, you can either hire or, or delegate out like the actual fulfillment process. Yeah. Cause now you know how to do that. And that that's the greatest skill in the world, copywriting and knowing ads too. Cause that, that's a big thing. Like I know ads, I know copy. Yep. And so like, I can't be like tricked, yep. you know what I mean? <laughs> and so, and so like, that's, that's the important thing. I can look at something and make, oh, that doesn't make sense. That's, that's, a and, and when you're talking to a business and it's like, they're trying to get you to invest, or maybe you're thinking, you're thinking about investing in it. Like, at least for me, if I'm looking at stuff, it's like, how well can I market this? Like what, what are the marketing channels and funnels and offers and, and headlines that I'm already, because if I can't come up with something, yeah, I'm my, not going to work with. Well, that. that's that's my, my boy had a had a big idea, and I was like, man, that sounds amazing. I just don't feel and and also like, what's your time, right? And I was like, that's outside of like the scope. I would have to put time into that. That takes time out of doing the same thing more. Yep. Right. So I was like, that none of that shit makes sense anymore for me. Like I can't do that. Yeah. You have to do the same thing more if you if you know if you want to make more. That's it's literally like that's one of my favorite philosophies that I live my life by too, which is like, all right, it's just the opportunity cost. It's right. like I can do this over here, which I've mastered, I've systemized, it takes me no time at all, and I make all this money, I have all this freedom from. Or it's like come over here and potentially it's a larger opportunity vehicle, but like there's also a large opportunity or chance that it fails or yeah. we don't do a good job at it. So yeah, I like I feel like most of life, if you're good, is just trying to do more of what is working and less of what you don't know is going to work or less of what is not working. Yeah, Josh and I are building a a, a big business uh, that's his big idea with with another our, our our mentor. So it's it's a it's a big thing. And I was you know I'm kind of like the integrator on things like figure this stuff out and and kind of like put things in place. And I told him I was like, listen, love you guys. Obviously, like we do a lot of stuff together. If you guys don't want me involved in this, I shouldn't be involved. But like I don't. I don't have the time because of the stiff that we're doing and that I'm already committed to, to do anything here. 
Like, I'm not going to do it. I can do the calls like an hour. If you want me to be like a real advisor, like kind of like what you guys are doing at this stage, but like, I can't do the normal stuff that I can do here. I don't feel comfortable. And if you guys want to kick me out of it, no hard feelings at all, guys. I love you. And we have a lot of other stuff going on. No beef. And they're like, no, not at all. Like love, love the honesty and the specificity of like that. That's, that's why we are partners with you. Yeah. And I think that there's a lot to be said as well of like your experience, even if you spend an hour with them, what you'd be able to, because going back to opportunity costs, you can even just as simply be like, hey, stop doing this thing, keep on doing this thing over here. And sometimes right. you need somebody else to say that and that could result in a multi-seven, multi-eight figure, you know, change yeah. or opportunity cost. Well, this has been awesome, man. I appreciate you hopping yeah, in here, man, dude. What dude. incredible, incredible. Definitely one of my uh, my favorite podcasts I've awesome. done so far, dude. Really, really great. Like I said, majority of these were talking about business, and I just got to ask you a lot of questions on the personal side. I think we got to do it again, man. Yeah, a hundred percent. I'd absolutely love to. I, I know a lot of people are definitely going to be interested more in learning more about you. I know I follow you on Instagram. I get a lot of good value out of there. If people are the looking at maybe having you invest in their stuff or uh, potentially working with you or even just want to like follow you or see you online. What's the best way for people to contact you? Just go you? to Lowe's Hustle on Insta. I will never sell you crypto. Uh, so <laughs> please don't buy it. I've had a lot of people actually start giving other people money on that. I'm not going to sell you cryptocurrency stuff. I'm not even going to DM you. So Lowe's Hustle, no underscores, no anything on TikTok, Insta. Just go say hi on Insta. I answer all my stuff and happy to chat with anybody. And if you need any kind of help, I, I always respond. Love it. Awesome. I mean, I appreciate you coming out here. It really awesome, means a bro. lot to me. And I'll see you guys in the next episode. See you guys.